Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The race is on and Ferrari became the first of Formula One's big three teams to unveil its 2020 car in a launch in Milan, complete with a few dashes of old school pomp and circumstance. But the big question is, has Ferrari finally built a car that can make a sustained challenge for the World Championship? I'm your host Ed Straw and joining me for Milan is Scott Mitchell and we will also hear Gary Anderson's verdicts on the car later on in this edition of the Race F1 Podcast Extra. Scott, did you enjoy the musical and dance flair that Ferrari brought to the launch? Yeah, I did. It was um I think it was I think I'd count that as my first experience of one of those like razzle dazzle F1 launches. The um the days of uh cars being launched with uh pop groups seems to be sort of well behind us, but this was uh there's there was a lot of style about this. It was a sort of grand event that only Ferrari can can really pull off. But style's never really been Ferrari's problem, has it? it we're, we're waiting for that substance, and obviously they're hoping that that's what they've revealed or the start of what they've revealed with the um, the SF one thousand. Well, there was at least a little bit of uh, of a substance going on in, in the launch. Obviously, there was the car. What did you make of it when it was first unveiled? I think were you up in the gods with the media for for that. <laughs> <laughs> up with the gods <laughs> i certainly based on what something the ferrari ceo louis camilleri said um during the build-up to the launch he certainly doesn't see us the media as gods um yeah i had uh i was sort of um i was sort of looking down on the car the car was sort of to my right and i was yeah up up uh, i was up on like the third the third floor looking out from a, a balcony it's the um it's the swankiest view i think i've ever had of a an F1 car. Um, I must admit, when the uh, when the sort of the curtains came back and the and the the car was there, um, my first inclination was it's last year's car. Um, pretty much, I think it's almost identical livery. Um, there was a sort of I, I enjoyed a couple of people immediately going, oh, that, oh they've launched it with Leclerc's number because the number sixteen was on the on the side of the car. But obviously, what a few people I think missed was that uh, Sebastian Vettel's number five was on was on the nose. So there was no sort of subtle or not so subtle hint about who Ferrari favours there. Uh, but yeah, first impressions are obviously very similar because the regulations are the same. But once you actually look a little bit uh, more closely at it, you can see some of the hints that I guess we're going to get into. And I'm sure Gary Anderson's going to get into more with that sort of tighter packaging uh, at the rear. The sort of main thing for me was that the front wing concept has, has stayed the same. So yeah the the sort of the the front wing sort of falls away um on uh, on the on the outer edge so that the, to to have the the 
the the airflow move around around the tire, which is against what Merck and, and Red Bull did last year. That's what I expected. I've said in a couple of podcasts now that they weren't going to change that that concept, but we've seen it launched basically with a with a 2019 wing. So let's wait and see exactly what they come up with for the first week of testing, second week of testing, and then Melbourne. Yeah, well, the good thing is, although it isn't really a new wing, it at least tells us that's the baseline, that's the direction for for next year. So that's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned that that packaging, and that that was the thing that uh, the rear of the car. That was the thing that kind of caught my attention as the the sheet was being uh, pulled back off the car, as is tradition. You can see they've been quite aggressive. And Ferrari seem to be quite proud of the work that's gone on into doing that, because that sort of thing obviously requires a lot of a lot of effort, a lot of time, and they're obviously pretty uh, pretty proud of what of what they've done in that part of the car. Especially as it was a, a part of the messaging from Mattia Bonotto, uh, from Sebastian Vettel, and um, Simone Vresta, the the um, the Alfa Romeo, the ex Alfa Romeo technical chief, who's gone back to to Ferrari in engineering capacity. I heard him talking about it as well. So they they are they're very, obviously very proud of it. Um, Bonotto was talking in terms of obviously the the regulations have stayed the same, so there's not really um, a fundamental concept change, but it's basically a massive amount of effort has gone in to going as extreme as possible, in his words, within the existing regulations without departing from, from the concept. So the, 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 the shaping of the car, the packaging, the way, that, um, the way that they've worked on the suspension, they want to make the car more compliant across a wider range of circuits so that they're not uh, peaky with their performance and they're a bit more consistent like we see more often with with Mercedes so yeah um, Vettel reckons if you put the cars side by side you can you can see the difference and the scope of the changes obviously he can because he's much more involved in it than 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 we are but it sounds like it sounds like going back to what I said at the beginning Ferrari's been style over substance for for a little while but they seem pretty optimistic and pretty happy with the efforts that they've made to give that car more substance yeah and it's all about ultimately progressing from last year isn't it although they they talked about the the extreme concepts etc etc this is the second part of the of last year if you like there's a big step for 2021 so in, in a way while inevitably people want massive changes and brand new concepts that would actually be slightly worrying really if they weren't able to build on on, on what they had so if this is a, a kind of tightening up and an improvement they've obviously gained downforce etc that that should be quite uh quite encouraging for for ferrari one thing that was quite interesting is he he, he did a mattia bonotto that is did reference the uh, engine regulations and the 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 oil burning technical directors and the, the, the fact that had created a little bit of a change there which i thought was uh interesting so they've acknowledged they've had to make a tweak engine wise for that what did you make of that yeah, I thought it was just interesting that it, it just, to me, it's more indicative of the fact that it shows that, that, that Ferrari is focusing on the smaller details as well as, so it's not getting carried away with thinking it has to make sort of sweeping concept changes or really big dramatic changes. It's all about, they're, they're learning how to refine the car in small areas and not, not having things that are, that are an oversight. And it also fits in to the narrative that they are trying to make constant gains with the power unit we know that they became or have become the benchmark engine again in in formula one that came last year with intense scrutiny over the legality of the concept we know that they wanted to pursue slightly better cylinder technology for for this year for example but 
this is just another example of the lengths that they're trying to go to to make sure that it's not just power, it's not just reliability, it's efficiency. They want to try and make this a proper all-round package. They know they need to be perfect to beat Mercedes and that means just because they had the best engine last year, they can't just rest on those laurels. They have to push again more and more and more in every area, right down to this little thing about the, 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 the with the oil regulation change to make sure that they, they can be on top on the engine side because they need that along with their gains on the chassis side, to take the fight to Mercedes. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Have they made gains in, in all areas? That's what everyone is, is trying to do. There's not going to be any big step change. But obviously, after the, the online launch that a lot of people have seen, that there was a lot of talk uh, with, the, with the key players after. So, so technically, was there anything else they were getting uh, excited about or being grilled on or even being reticent on when it came to the, uh, the design of the car? It's more about what they're willing to sort of go on and do now over the next few weeks. There's going to be a lot of experimenting because they've they, they say that their numbers back in back in the factory where they've been doing their development work they they see a lot more downforce on the car and with that it obviously comes more drag. So now it's going to be about shifting that balance. Right, okay. Last year they were really quick in a straight line and slower through the corners. How much of that has gone the other way now? Are they going to be the benchmark through the corners? Are they just going to be slightly closer to Mercedes and a little bit slower on the straights? Can they afford that? They need to work out where they want that balance to to sit if they have got more uh, more downforce to play with as, as as they say that they have and there are other things as well so the Bonotto was asked about the um, the rake of the car and the wheelbase and how much that shifted from from last year uh, because there's been some speculation about how Ferrari might even change something as fundamental as that Bonotto says that they will play around with the rake in, in winter testing um, but the rake and the wheelbase fundamentally similar to to last year it doesn't sound like there's anything massively uh, massively different there I've not seen a, a, a relevant side-by-side comparison to be honest so I can't comment sort of uh, I can't comment emphatically on that but from what Bonotto was saying it's just going to be the next few weeks not just the two tests at Barcelona but the early races of the season going to be about refining things getting to know this slightly new car it's not revolution at all obviously it's going to be evolution because we're in the last last year of these these aero regs but it's sort of advanced evolution and, and they need to know what works because they can't afford to fall behind early on otherwise it's going to be you know see you later to a to, to another another title bid yeah and it'd be doubly difficult given the the fact that 2021 uh car is is being worked on as well i think Bonotto described it as a two-year championship didn't he and that they are working on the on the big change for for, for next year uh, and we did also see you know aero detail changes around the barge boards the side pods changes so it's clear that there is although there's not sort of extreme concepts that you look at and say, my my word, that's that's paradigm changing. That's a complete shift. It's clear that they have done the the, the traditional, just refine and improve everything. And if you can get that barge board side pod area really working and and energized and working together with the floor, etc., there, there's huge downforce gains to to be found there. So it looks like they've kind of focused on the right areas, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think it is just I, I keep going back to these things about sort of the the, the, the finer things and. It's not that Ferrari had to learn that F1 is about small details. Obviously, they they know that. But when you have bigger shifts within the organization and making sure you've got the right structure in place and making sure that your concept is fundamentally sound, there are bigger fires to fight, basically. And I think that's what the biggest thing for Ferrari was in 2019 is I think it ended up being just another... It was a costly learning year, but it was another learning year. And if they've been able to put the sort of right pieces in the right places, then that maybe this is the car that's that's finally going to bring all of that that together what what i'm quite um interested to see is how they then develop 
what they've got at the start of start of 2020 because you mentioned those sort of intricate areas where where there is performance to, to to find if they've got it right early on then obviously fantastic if they still need to refine it somewhat then that's going to take extra development and as you said just before you have this sort of this this, this season within a season because we're developing for 2021 as well but what's interesting because I asked Matia Bonotto this um, if there's going to be a shift in in the allocation of resources compared to previous years are they going to take everything off everyone off 2020 to put them on 2021 earlier than they would do a normal seasonal shift because there's so much at stake and there's such a big change coming but we know we've we've reported this Ferrari's going to have greater resources available that's financially but also in terms of human resources so what Bonotto's saying is the extra effort that they're going to make on that side means that they're actually not going to have any kind of difference in terms of when they change from this season to to next season in terms of all of their development resources so that's quite interesting because it suggests that Ferrari is going to basically throw everything in the kitchen sink at 2020 and 2021 and obviously if that comes off then fantastic they'll have a 2020 title bid but they'll also be ready for next year history tells us that that's not quite as easy as just throwing money and and time and and, and manpower at it so curious to see whether that that sort of I guess um, blows up in their face because what you don't want to do is try and do 2020 brilliantly at the same time as doing 2021 brilliantly and then not doing a particularly good job of either. Yeah, very, very uh, much so. Well, we're going to hear a bit more from you in a minute, Scott. We'll park you for a second because we'll be back after this with Gary Anderson's thoughts on the new Ferrari as well as more launch-related chat. As ever, Gary Anderson has been taking a very close look at the launch picks of the Ferrari SF1000. Gary, what do you make of the car and some of the extreme concepts that have been referred to at the launch? Matteo Bonotto has said a lot about the uh, concepts of the car being extreme. Um, I wouldn't say what I'm seeing is an extreme car. When they first went with this side pod concept, that was probably more extreme than, than it is currently because the regulations have stayed stable from last year to this year, so it's a matter of optimising everything to work together. Obviously last year they themselves will admit they were a little bit lacking in downforce and they needed to work in that area. They had a very strong engine, they had very strong straight line speed, but these Pirelli tyres need that bit of extra downforce to make sure you get the best out of them. So it won't be about you know changing your concept as, as much as just optimising all the parts and making them all work together. From the front to the back, it's no individual component that makes the car function. It's about them all talking to each other and all working in harmony. If you can do that, then the overall car, every component on it just improves. The front wing on the car is basically the same approach as last year, but Bonotto has confirmed that that's the, the baseline, pretty much a, a carryover. So we do know that the concept won't change. We talked before about whether Ferrari might switch to the loaded outboard concept, but it's decided a, against that. Is there a concern that might be a little bit too conservative? Launch spec front wings are one thing that's always a little bit difficult to assess because it's a bolt-on component. Most teams will still be developing them when the car is launched and there will be updates coming before the, the tests even and before the first race. But in reality, I'm, I'm pretty happy to see Ferrari following through with their concept from last year with the outboard end sweeping down. And as I've said many times, they, they're sort of a happy medium in there, I think, somewhere. Have enough of a sweep down to allow airflow around the outside of the front tyre but also having enough wing area there to create some downforce. You don't want to create all your downforce from that outboard end because the front tyre is in the way of it. So you get a lot of blockage behind that that part of the wing. And because the front tyre is steered, it also changes how that airflow 
moves around the front tire. So um, you got to be a little bit careful with it. But I like this concept. I, if I was designing the car, I would be heading down this route. And as I say, I think there's a happy medium between what Mercedes ran last year. They obviously won the championship, so you could say, oh, they had a better car. But the reality of it is they did a better job overall with everything. But I think this year you'll see the, the, the two, the Mercedes philosophy and the Ferrari philosophy, join up somewhere in the middle. You can clearly see that the back end has been packaged very tightly. Ferrari seems quite proud of that, so it's a real area of, of focus for, for them. Do you see significant benefits from that? The rear of the car, um, again, Matteo Benotto has said a lot about um, you know, squeezing all of the back end of the car. Now, the thing about the car, as I say, it's the front to the back, it all works together. If you've got a tidy rear end on the car and the airflow is good, the coke bottle air, airflow is good inside the rear tyres, um, that influences the front wing. The, the whole air package, airflow package through the car is influenced by the back of the car, but you still need the cooling. So you have to make sure you've got enough room between the, the body side panels that we see because the regulations don't allow you to have very big exits um, in the side of the car. So you have to have the cooling space between the gearbox and the body panels that we see. And then you've also got to have the space between the inside of the front tyre and the body panels that we see to allow that coke bottle to work efficiently. So the only way you can do that is squeeze the gearbox, squeeze the rear suspension, squeeze all the detail of the mechanical stuff that's inside that bodywork. If they've put the maximum effort into that area, that is an area that will improve their performance overall because you lose a lot of downforce if you have to open up the cooling. So um, if they've done their homework right and the cooling is adequate for the high, high ambient circuits and high altitude circuits, um, then I think the package will create more downforce just from the fact of being able to squeeze that, the rear end of the car. And summing up, Ferrari had a lot of little things that held it back last year and meant it couldn't really mount a sustained championship challenge. So from what you've seen of the SF1000, Gary, how confident are you that this is a good enough step forward? Um, last year was a, was a whole lot of things that really hurt them. I suppose, you know, reliability was one of them. Just the fact that they just didn't generate the downforce to get the best out of the tyres. A few, a few years ago, they were actually one of the best on, on race day on, on conserving tyres, especially rear tyres, and they, they've lost their way on that. They, they had the, the ability to know how they, they did it, so they need to sort of look at that again and make sure that they, uh, they address the situation. You've got to have the tyres, you know, durable for the race distance and keep the performance. So, um, they need to look at that area. But as I say, it was a lot of little things. It wasn't just the car. The car was good, at, good at times. It was fast. Um, end of the season, it got that a little bit better. Um, but they were, you know, it was, it was one of those things that was sort of good for pole position, but it never really showed up on a Sunday afternoon. And that's the thing they got to address. So, a bit of everything, and they can be right on there, uh, giving Mercedes a hard time. Well, for more from Gary, head to therace.com, that's the-race.com, for his in-depth analysis of the car, and there's plenty to read from the Ferrari launch there. Scott, coming back to you, inevitably there was focus on the drivers in the various press conferences that were going on after the launch itself was finished. Sebastian Vettel's a huge talking point, out of contracts at the end of the year, and apparently he's first choice for, for 2021. So, so what was said there? Yeah, so this is basically the the sort of first of a, what I guess will be a, a a sort of run in update on Vettel's future. Uh, but ben- Matteo Bonotto said that he is the first choice for Ferrari for 2021. They want to continue with him alongside Charles Leclerc, who we know signed a new long term deal last December that's going to keep him with Ferrari until at least 2024. But 
Vettel is a four-time world champion. His reputation speaks for himself for itself, but we know that he's he's had it tough of late, made some mistakes last year, got beaten by Leclerc in Leclerc's first year at Ferrari. And Vettel's now going into the final year of his Ferrari contract, maybe not with the same sort of star power as he's had in, in, in years gone by. Bonotto, unsurprisingly, was asked about Lewis Hamilton because at the end of last year, there was this interest, supposedly, with Ferrari in Hamilton, who's also out of contract at the end of this year. But Bonotto said that he'd reply in a different way. He wouldn't talk about Lewis, but he'd say, he said, Seb is our first choice at the moment. It's something we're discussing with him. We will continue discussing. He's certainly our first choice, our preference at the moment. And obviously he was pushed on Hamilton a bit further, but he just reiterated that Seb's the option and that they're not considering Lewis right now. So it seems that the ball's in, in Vettel's court. You know, he's still only 32. Um, Hamilton is 35. So Vettel's obviously got time on his side, but yeah, it's just this element of... Uh, of just sort of disappointing form and, and, and mistakes that have just raised questions over whether he actually wants to continue in a number two capacity because there's a few people that think that that's the role he's heading towards given Leclerc's trajectory but Vettel says he's happy to keep going he indicated that as long as everything's in the right place he'll continue and he also pointed out that when he uh, when he did his last uh, contract renewal with uh, Ferrari which I guess was in mid uh, would have been mid 20, 2017 yeah 17 um yeah, he he, you know, he didn't. That wasn't announced until Spa, I don't think. So he said, you know, strictly speaking, half the year had passed, and he was unemployed for the following season. So yeah, he doesn't. He says he's not rushed or under any extra pressure. And Ferrari's saying all the right things to make it clear that it's basically his decision. As long as he does a decent job, he'll be in the car again in 2021. I'm sure Vettel would actually love to have his name on a contract already. Uh, he's in a slightly different position to where he was in 17. But yeah, he'll let his driving do the talking. But Looking at the launch in general, obviously there were references to the weaknesses of last year, need to improve reliability in a lot of small areas, and you had the Ferrari top brass there. So there is a lot of pressure there, isn't it? This is a team that hasn't won a championship since the constructors in in 2008, and this, this drought's been going on for too long by Ferrari standards now. So although it was all quite friendly and the usual launch upbeatness, this is a huge season for, for Ferrari, isn't it? Because it, it really needs to show that it can be a, a sustained threat over over the year yeah absolutely it's um I, I i agree with what bonotto has said about having a young team and all the different bits and bobs that we've seen and and you know leclerc's promise and vettel every now and again seems to do it but we've yet to see it all come together haven't we and i'm i'm, I'm a bit tired of you know you can give them the benefit of the doubt in a few areas but there were so many missing pieces of the puzzle last year they need to make a big step this year because Ultimately, it, you can't keep saying, "On oh, next year we'll get it right." Next year we'll, we'll we'll get it right. They 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 have to. It goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. A launch like this is fantastic, really, really glamorous, lots of style. But where's the substance? We need we need to start seeing the substance from Ferrari, and it has to manifest itself in a title bid. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the proof of the pudding will be in the eating, as it were, the eating in this case being when the car hits the track in testing. Uh, well, thanks very much, Scott Mitchell. I know you've got lots of uh, work to do and you'll be charging off to Paris for the Renault uh, event tomorrow. So uh, plenty for you to be doing. So uh, thanks very much. We shall let you uh, get some dinner and, uh, and maybe some sleep. Well, like we say, there's loads of launches going on this week, so we'll have plenty of uh, the Race F1 podcast extras discussing the the new cars with Gary Anderson giving his technical evaluation. Do head to therace.com for in-depth coverage. There's plenty to read there, and also check out our YouTube channel for our technical analysis videos. And we'll be back with more tomorrow. <laughs>